all of these issues exist in the market in order to tackle them i think we did three things really well actually four but I, uh, the fourth one might be a little bit of a stretch but i'll still call that out the first is that we built our own supply chain and i think uh, that was super required because furniture inherently is a local business and the trick was to disrupt that local business so if you look at history in in india in furniture people who manufacture some place typically only sell within 100 kilometers of the town what we decided to do was build a supply chain which allows that guy that manufacturer to sell to a buyer in meghalaya right so uh, therefore you just disrupted the entire method of doing business in furniture so building the supply chain was a really good thing that we did the second thing was that we figured we should be only chat we didn't so our thesis has always been that uh, you know it's the same customer who could be on a laptop at some point in time a mobile phone at another point in time or or in a mall at the third point in time therefore it's our duty as a brand to interact with him or her whichever way they want to interact with us right rather than play god so we said we'll be only chat we'll connect with the customer whichever way they want to connect with us uh, and i think that was a fantastic uh, third is tech i mean you know everything we did was fundamentally comes from our tech roots we are a tech company right so the tech that we built out in the back end which serves offline online the tech that we built out in the front end which enables you know customers to see products in their room without even you know uh, off their mobile phones rather than even coming into a store all of that tech is something that we did really well and then the fourth piece the one that i i wanted to call out is i think we you know furniture was a was a boring word right i mean even today in english you say or in hindi ye banda to furniture hai right so we wanted to make we wanted to change that we wanted to make furniture really exciting and i think that's the fourth thing we've done really well people look forward to buying furniture especially on paper friday and i think these are four things that we did well only time will tell whether you know the confidence that i have in in, in the accuracy of what we done will pan out or not nice i like the slogan the caption the thought spark a feeling called home Now, who came up with that was your was the agency one of your marketers what was the message you were inherently trying to send out ambrish so actually it was a collaborative effort we were on a, a we were doing a workshop in goa which had our agency in it and some of our key uh, senior leaders and we were all together we spent about a couple of days and we wanted to phrase we wanted to verbalize what is it that we want to stand for what's our mission going to be as a company right Uh, and therefore we came up with spark of feeling called home so uh, i think everybody was involved right what did we want to capture we wanted to capture that india is only the beginning our size uh, and scale is only going to keep increasing in india and you know as we do that the world is our oyster and we will look to you know take our business and our business model uh, of outside of india and, and capture markets across the world over a period of time so that is that is effectively it it, it basically needed to capture our ambition uh, and we think that home is not about buying a product you know people can be in a home which has no piece of furniture in it and they can be completely comfortable because it's their home so it's how do we as a company spark that feeling amongst every consumer that we interact with that was the funda behind the the entire message and how do we do that across the world yeah i mean so kind of A, a very good line. I mean, I love it. It gives me goosebumps every time yeah. I hear it. It's it's really nice. I I have to agree. Now, you already talked about organizing a very unorganized furniture and home segment, making it a success for yourself. But how have you really gone about reducing your per unit shipping costs and making sure that your damage rates are really negligible, Amrish? So. Let me answer the first one, and that's actually an easy answer. You know what happens as you build out your supply chain, Rishi, is uh, roughly about half the costs that you put into your supply chain tend to be fixed in nature, and this varies a little by industry, but let's just say between forty to sixty percent of your costs in most industries tend to be fixed in nature. In our case, it's forty-five percent. Now, in that case, as the business grows, you get operating leverage on half the costs that you put because they don't expand at the same rate. 
right and so therefore your cost of shipping keep coming down i mean i don't know whether this tax is, is something that you want to go for here but uh, just to give an idea we reduced it 3.5% over the last 3 years and that's fundamentally because of operating loop the second piece to your question how did we go about reducing damages uh, i just think it's a function of how careful you can be in every aspect of your every aspect of your delight to doorstep supply chain right and i think that is something of a mantra that we have at paperfly i mean you know this concept called nps uh, now so nps is net promoter score net promoter score yeah you know it's something that people breathe live and breathe at paperfly across all levels of you know the delivery chain you have to, if you were to stop a truck off paperfly and you have to ask the guy who's driving the truck and the the delivery supervisor there what was your nps for last month i guarantee you he will tell you nice <laughs> it's a, it's a, it, it's that mantra that that runs across the organization i think which has ensured that we have fewer damages we give a great experience to our customers all of that works out well Yeah, just to add to what Amrish is talking about, an NPS, which is a Net Promoter Score of over seventy, means your customers love you. Your company is generating a lot of positive word of mouth from referrals. It obviously hasn't been easy, and uh, you know they've stuck to uh, their core values to take them to those heights. So you mentioned briefly, you 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 are an omni-channel model. You have that. Studio Pepper Fry is a very important aspect of that omni-channel model. Tell us about Studio Pepper Fry. Yeah, so you know the first Studio Pepper Fry came up as an experiment in uh, December of 2014. We had this uh, tiny office in uh, on LVS Mall, and we said, "Hey, you know what? It would be interesting for us to, so to speak, set up a lab where customers can come, engage with our products. My category managers and marketing guys can go meet them, have conversations, and we will understand the category a lot more." That's how it started. right soon we realized that customers were turning up there actually wanted to you know place orders on pepper fry and we said you know what this is a great business model and it will you know augment the overall business a lot so we opened a second studio in bangalore on 100 feet road it was a small tiny uh, at that time i think 2000 square feet store but it was on 100 feet road got a lot of uh, word of mouth for us today rishi we own our entire building i mean and so it's a you know progress but that's how we started and that is our first real studio in bangalore on 100 feet road what are the things we do differently our studios don't sell anything and, and it feels really surprising to say that i mean you go go to a studio with 20 grand and you say you know what i want to take the sofa home you you can't do that uh, so our studios don't sell anything everything is bought has to be bought on paperfry.com or on the app right and i think that's the best thing we ever decided to do is never sell anything from the studios and let me explain this a little a 2000 square feet studio or even a 5000 square feet studio will have at best what 150 items of furniture 150 items of furniture will are are nothing compared to the 25000 items of furniture that we have on paperfry.com at any given point in time right now the entire business model is about variety so therefore why would i let uh, my business be determined just by those 150 200 items of furniture and i think that was the thinking and what what it's done is that it's actually opened the entire virtual catalog up to somebody who comes into a paperfry studio the second thing about the paperfry studios is uh, the fact that you get qualified advice right i mean so uh, almost everybody who's at the paperfry studio is a qualified interior designer or uh, a person who's been in the interior design space forever so therefore the advice that they give you is uh, very neutral it's high fidelity and it uh, it helps you do your house up better and i think these two fundamental things along with the fact that you know, the ambiance is great it's warm 
uh, if you are for example a architect who wants to meet uh, your customers go drop in at the pepsi studio you'll get free wifi and a coffee i mean <laughs> it's 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 you know it's like the starbucks of of the community and that was the ethos that we wanted to bring with pepsi studios and it's turned out quite well yeah. nice So I want to know about Pepper Fry's franchise model, Amrish. Uh, what is it about the model that makes it truly unique? Ah, uh, two things. One is that uh, you know, you know what entrepreneurs normally, or let's say first-time entrepreneurs like us, normally would do, right? We would look for other entrepreneurs around because we know that that's how we became successful, and uh, therefore, for us to go understand, let's say, a market afresh is much. much tougher uh, than us getting an entrepreneur from the market who really understands that market really well right so that is the fundamental thesis behind starting up our franchise ethos uh our first franchise was opened up in the outskirts of bangalore now we have i know the latest stat is we have 107 studios now rishi across india wow. 65 cities plus so we are present in tier 1 2 3 4 towns across india plus metros uh using the franchise and the company owned format and it's all driven by the fact that entrepreneurs who understand their markets better than us are helping us drive our business in those markets and i think that is the starting point the second thing of success is you have a franchise in a box that's the way to approach approach this so everything the franchise is expected to do is uh, spelled out very clearly all the even as they are setting up their stores it's almost as if every element of the store is actually sent to them in a box so it's franchise in a box and then every piece which has a customer touch point there is a very high level of either training because the customer will walk into the franchise outlet the nature of the experience is to be exactly the same franchise as other spokes so there's a lot of training and then the final piece of uh, the customer moment of truth which is the delivery in the house that's always taken care of by the pepperfry supply chain so there is and that's constant across the board so What we try to do is all these moments of truth. We try to create, create either train really well or have tons of control over, uh, and uh, you know ensure that the rest of the experience, the spatial design of the of the studio, etc., is exactly the same for Pepper Fry. So, thankfully for a customer, he's agnostic uh, or she is agnostic as they walk into a franchise or a company store. Cool. So it's obvious that you're looking to expand your offline footprint further in tier two and tier three cities and markets. Is that where the Pepper Fry Accelerator program comes in? You want to tell me about that? Yeah. So the the Pepperfly Accelerator program is tailored to people who want to start becoming entrepreneurs, but don't have high amounts of capital to be able to do it. Uh, and it's if you ask me, it's the same thesis that we had as we started our marketplace that we are applying on the accelerator program. So in under twenty lakh rupees, you can actually set up a Pepperfly franchise studio in tier two and three markets. And uh, The 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 ROIs on this program are like you make your money back in under two years. You basically have an ROI of of thirty percent year on year. So over a three year time frame, you're actually doubling your money. So the economics of this work really well, and it's for anybody who wants to take the point of being an entrepreneur, being their own boss, and uh, doing so without having a very high outlay upfront. Now, all businesses suffered because of the pandemic, except you know if you look at things like pathology labs and uh, you know pure online. But if you if you see what businesses have done, is that they've been extremely nimble. And your buy on phone program, I imagine, is a prime example of being nimble, coming up with something which is quite innovative. Tell us how it helped you through a difficult phase, and how really what the mechanics of buy on phone were. Yeah, so why? Did people go to a Pepper Fry studio earlier? They wanted advice. 
uh, they wanted uh, uh, to be able to trust a person who was let's say a live person on the other side which are things which the purely online experience does not deliver so as the pandemic happened all the studios got shut uh, and we realized that there were still customers in the market who wanted to speak to somebody in detail about the choices that they were making regarding furniture and decor in their house now who better to provide that than all the folks who otherwise would have operated out of the pepperoni studio so what we did was we created a product uh, which got done in like under a month uh, right at the beginning of the pandemic which allowed for a customer to get mapped to the representative from the studio which is closest to them and then get the advice from them just like they would have got it in the in the uh, so to speak offline world but this was done virtually through zoom calls and, and so on and of course as well through phone calls and i think that program really well worked well because what it did was it customers who still had needs stay connected with us despite the fact that uh, the pandemic had disrupted supply chains and retail operations across the country and you know it's i think it's an example of some folks having thought on their feet and thought well and uh, we're proud that you know folks like those are there on the team sweet so the evolution of your house brands that's also a particular interest to us uh, i believe you have eight distinct house brands now amrish that contribute to 50% plus of your overall business so i'd like a lowdown on your house brands what really makes them really special for pepper fry at the simplest level rishi our house brands straddle two things uh, design as a, on a spectrum of design and on a spectrum of price uh, so if you were to think of an x and a y axis one being design the other being price our house brands are are scattered across high design high price medium design medium price all of that right so what we have achieved with our house brands is you know that like thousands of people sell on the pepper fry marketplace a lot of them are market, uh, manufacturers or by themselves but they have no brands to speak of so it's essentially before pepper fry came about it was fundamentally a commoditized market you were buying a table but the table didn't have a name to it uh, there was no brand associated with it etc uh, it's not like clothing it's not like fashion it's you know it was in a it's a very different industry so what we said was you know but there is merit to manufacture there is merit to the person who's making the table for you and so therefore as long as quality standards are maintained as long as a fundamental functional value for the product is maintained as long as design statements are still made with the product we should introduce brands so our house brands are insanely brand licensing arrangements the products are still sold by the manufacturer direct to the consumer but all of the the qc the entire supply chain the sign off that the products good enough to be shipped all of that is done by my internal team so what we have in place is a model which works again with hundreds of manufacturers selling to millions of buyers with uh, uh, just us creating the ecosystem to enable it to happen Yeah, and that I think was the was the secret sauce behind uh, the pepper fry secret sauce behind our house brand. <laughs> We are backed by capital, which was raised in six rounds of funding. I'm pretty sure now it's uh, it's official. This is the highest amount of capital raised by an in India. What kind of numbers are we talking about for pepper fry? Two fifty million plus of capital raised till now. and i don't think we stopped yet i think uh, the market opportunity is in three years is supposed to be 40 billion dollars i want to make a multi billion dollar business in a 40 billion dollar addressable market and uh, i think there is there are enough great partners out there who are willing to back us given the fact that we've done reasonably well over the last few years uh, last few five years that we've been around and so i don't think this will be the end of it but we've already raised about 250 from fmcg to uh, bfsi e-commerce you've held roles in general management in marketing sales corporate strategy product development what are the learnings from all your previous assignments abrish that proved most handy 
that you put to best use as it were during the launch of pepper fry so i guess the first learning would be that i should have stuck to one thing and done more of it uh, <laughs> but uh, jokes apart uh, i think uh, okay so a few learnings actually the first one would be that everything is new until it's done by somebody for the first time okay and uh, i think if you are able to pluck up the courage to be able to take that step normally things get done well right uh, that's one thing i learned i mean i, I think it's also helped me through my sense of entrepreneurship right the second thing is uh, it's all about being you know whatever you do you could be like the, the smartest guy in the room by like several degrees it's finally if you got the right people working with you is when you're going to succeed otherwise you're not going to so i think that is my second learning the third is that uh, you know sometimes uh, sometimes bad things happen uh, and what really counts is uh, how you deal with them and whether you have the and i i love this term grit to get past bad times and if you have them in corporate life you will bring them in everything you do uh, actually you'll also bring them to your personal life you'll also bring them to every sport you play it's it's that thinking of grit i think these are the three things that i that stuck with me and uh, yeah, i mean hopefully everything works out i mean has worked out reasonably let's see this now before we go to lifestyle questions completely as an aside why would you call a e-commerce furniture and home products company pepper fry <laughs> talk to me about that Okay, uh, so here's where it started. We, Ashish, uh, my co-founder and I, we had put three words on the whiteboard when we were starting. This is like a mythical whiteboard. We didn't even have an office, but let's say on a piece of paper. We said uh, the three words are: we will build a truly Indian company. Both of us are into finance. We actually believe that India is fantastic. Right? India is the land of opportunity. We think well, etc. So we said we'll build a truly Indian company. Uh, we will build a truly honest company in all interactions with everybody. So we are actually a very direct bunch of people. People either love pepper fry management or they hate pepper fry management. So there's no like midpoint of pepper fry. So we said we'll build a truly honest company, and we said we'll have fun along the way. Now these are the three words: so Indian honest and fun. And uh, when we started figuring out, so okay, now how do we name ourselves? The first word that came to our mind was pepper, and we said, look, that's the reason the West has discovered, had discovered all these trade routes into India. Uh, that so pepper is something that like India stands for, right? It's also a very honest price. Everybody knows the smell, taste, etc. of pepper. It's not something highfalutin like cinnamon or and so on. I mean, there on every table, everybody knows it. But the fun of it, and because it's on every table, it, it's a little boring. The fun of it only happens when you do the tadka, right? You fry it, uh, and so therefore we said it'd be good to have pepper fried. And remember, one of our ambitions was we wanted to make furniture a really exciting thing. Right, I did not want my business to be called I don't know fabulous furniture. Right, I mean that was not the objective. So we said pepper fry sounds right. It goes with the values that we've set up, and uh, we'll do this. You know the the inside joke as to when Ashish and I both we figured okay pepper fry. The inside joke was both of us are vegetarian, and pepper <laughs> fry as you know is associated yeah. with every meat dish out there. Right, correct. It's a great joke to have two vegetarians set up a furniture company called Pepper Fry. <laughs> So yeah, that's how it happened. It is, but it sticks. It's really <laughs> sticky. Wonderful. Okay, you went to DCE, Delhi College of Engineering, for your BE, and you're an MBA from IIM Calcutta. Both are great hubs for music and live concerts. So my logical question is, what kind of music do you listen to? What's an interesting concert or show you attended during your college days or otherwise, or even recently before the pandemic hit? So music and concert. So what kind of music do I listen to? I I'm a I'm a Basically, a hard rock fan. I am, uh, you know, deeply into all of grunge, Pearl Jam, Nirvana, all of the good guys, right? So anything Seattle, anything about you know insurance company not paying, lots of rain, house blown away, 
anything grunge works for me. I mean, that's that's my that's my zone. Concert, lots of college concerts, like lots of them, right? Uh, I will not name the bigger bands, but let me just say that I have even delayed my joining at job assignments in order to be able to attend rock concerts in a different city before I join a job. Wow! <laughs> so music, music's big. Uh, music's also big at Pepper. We have a, a, a rock band. It's called Contraband. Yeah. So because it's very interesting, you know, when 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 you do a promotion, right? It's the the cost of the promotion is contra to revenue, right? So in in our terminology in Pepper Fry, we call it contra. Right? So the band is called Contraband. <laughs> Lest you think there are any any yeah. references to anything else. It's all it's all cool. Uh, it's just contra revenue, therefore contraband. So there's a band in Pepper Fry. So we have a fairly active music scene there. Uh, no, it's it's rock is rock is where I'm at. That's lovely. I've got to say, you're the first CEOs come on and talk to Pearl Jam, Nirvana, and that <laughs> album of Pearl Jam's Ten, which has Black yeah. and Alive, is one of my eternal favorites. Is I on my top five. Jeremy, uh, yeah, Jeremy. and I soon realized that uh, Jeremy is not the best. Okay, as for me at least, not yeah. the best on the album. I think Alive and Black, both of the ones you named, are way better. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> A book that has made or left an impact on you, Amrish. Oh, so this is interesting. Uh, I read a lot of shit. So a lot of books have left, you know, have made me think. But I think, uh, okay, so this is there's this book called Don Quixote. Of course. Yeah. So you know, so this gentleman used to have a very romantic view of the world and wanted to fix things as much as he could and change things as much as he could. Uh, and he was unfortunately always tilting windmills on his, uh, you know. Donkey, who he thought was a horse, Rosinante. So Don Quixote has been a, a big influence in my life. Uh, I guess I'm also still tilting at windmills whenever I get the chance. The other funny thing is uh, I bike, and my bike is actually called Rosie after Rosinante, <laughs> right? So uh, and I, I love her, and uh, she's named after Rosinante. So because I think she has a mind of her own. So yeah, so Don Quixote has had a big influence. Lovely, a biker. A sport you follow, your favorite player in that sport, and why he or she is your favorite? Ah, uh, football. Big fan of FC Barcelona, and I think my all-time favorite. I named two players were Xavi and Iniesta, and the reason why I love them was they they were generals. They controlled the game. You know, they were not the ones who scored the goals, but they were the ones who, when they got stuff done right, basically the game was theirs. And I, 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 there's something about what they did which empathizes a lot with me, uh, and and therefore I'm a big fan of both Xavi and Iniesta. Superb. Your favorite vacation spot and why you love going there? Ah, uh, so that's a very simple one. It's Ladakh. Uh, there isn't a part of Ladakh which I haven't explored. Uh, I go there mostly. So I mean, I go there with family. I go there solo. I go there biking. I, I basically just get onto a place and then camp out there. Ladakh is is my Favorite place in the world. Uh, I think it's. Why do I like it so much? I'm a. I think I'm a bit of a closet sociopath, and there are very few people in in Ladakh, and so therefore it gives me an opportunity to, you know, just hang by myself. Um, and you know, that's a great feeling. And of course, the scenery is awesome. The, the place is just beautiful. So yeah, so Ladakh's the place. Final question: A business leader who you find inspirational, and why you've been impressed by him or her? So Mr. Patel, I think uh, Prasen Bhai Patel would be somebody that I I, I think he's. He built, yeah. You know, 
from from fairly humble roots for somebody to build something like that which is highly differentiated in a zone where you had mnc's and people with lots of money etc at it i think that's the that was that to me is the true spirit of entrepreneurship and uh, i'm therefore a, i mean a big fan Amrish, I love that uh, you're a rider and you do all these cross-country rides on your motorbike to rejuvenate yourself. I mm. uh, loved having you on the show and hats off to you for being one of the first non-essential businesses to restart your supply and delivery chain. I mean, that's something that needs to be emphasized as early as mid-May, which means you really think on your feet. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks, Rishi. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me here. So, my dear listeners and viewers, it's wonderful that you managed to get in a fair share uh, of lifestyle along with the business stuff with Amrish, like we do with all our CEOs. I, for one, am very impressed with good processes and practices, and they ensure that if something goes wrong and it's our fault, we're able to fix it. And that's the one thing that, you know, Pepper Fry does so right, along with the, the things that uh, Amrish mentions. All companies should aim at doing that. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you keep listening to some great radio and podcasts, build that habit, and come back next week for another awesome episode. Just some credits, Minding My Business, the CEO story. Uh, is back with a captain of the industry every week somebody who's been a pathbreaker you can catch us on 94.3 Radio 1 on radio in FM around the country and on HD Smartcast in podcast form over all major streaming platforms uh, this is a Radio 1 production so till next week it's bye from me Rishi K and uh, my co-host CEO of Fever FM Radio 1 Ramesh Menon shall be back with me cheers This was a Radio 1 production brought to you by HT Smartcast. HT Smartcast.